Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast, NXT flavored edition. I am El Fakador Laurie Blake and I'm joined by Adam Blompier. Hi, hello. Hi. Hello. How's it going? Uh, yes, I am good. I am good. Uh, NXT. Sound like you're trying to convince yourself that you are good. I, I'm I am a, good. I'm in a difficult place with this week's NXT. Uh, we'll let's we'll get into it. We'll get into more of it. We're going to be discussing uh, as the main talking point whether or not Karrion Cross's debut entrance is one of the best NXT entrances of all time, and then going through the rest of the show. Here it is. talking point i think and the thing that everyone is kind of clamoring to talk about online is the entrance of carrion cross and scarlet from this week's nxt which had all of the smoke so much dry ice there wasn't a dry ice in the house anymore after this uh it, it was i think um i think i was kind of expecting carrion cross and scarlet to make their debut in a more attacky kind of way i was expecting more of a sneak attack and a big sort of standing tall in the ring kind of moment after the whole attacking tomaso chamber from out of nowhere and seemingly built on the kind of killer cross character from before and yet carrying cross had this huge amdram uh <laughs> performance with scarlet bordeaux lip syncing for her life as she walks to the ring uh lyrics on the screen like it's the mickey mouse club like we, we we got everything in this in this entrance what did you make of it adam yeah i i've got in my notes it's half rupaul's drag race and half the conjuring and <laughs> i'm here for it uh i yeah i really really dug it i think it's genuinely like other than a takeover entrance like nakamura with uh lee england jr roy england jr oh i got that name wrong um other than that, like I generally think it's in contention for uh, best production mm -hmm. of an entrance. 
like um, Bobby Roode had Glorious, and that rocketed him to the main event. Uh, this, I think, if it was in front of a crowd, similar. Like, I, I want to see Karrion Cross on next week's episode so I can see this again, which is um, really what it's supposed to do. I, I think it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like it's... NXT hasn't had a very good run of uh, entrance musics for a while since uh, the CFO money fell up. CFO money sort of fell apart with them. Um, so this, I think, this is a very good theme song. Like this is this is a good entrance theme. It's got that I think that brilliant turn where it, it, he gets in the ring and it's the lighting switches up and you get the red the red lighting and the fall and pray. It's got very uh, the Fiends remix of Bray Wyatt's mm. um, song in in sort of that's what it conjured in my head. I really really enjoyed this entrance, and, it, and I think it's that kind of when when they were saying they were going to fast track Carrion Cross, when Triple H was saying that behind the scenes, uh, supposedly this is a good way to do it. This this made him feel like a major deal, uh, more so than just coming out and doing a regular squash match because uh, what obviously followed this match, and what I found quite funny, as all the dry ice clears, you just realise that uh, Leon Ruff is already in the ring and he's sort of yeah. like, well, but well, blooming heck. <laughs> like, <laughs> just... Who were? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was, that was... That reveal, I think, made me laugh even more than like how kind of campy and brilliant the entrance was. Mm. Um, not so fussed by the squash match. I think this was this was almost too formulaic a squash match. Um, you couldn't have done more to to herald the coming of the squash match than by it being someone quite big in their debut match, and then it being Leon Ruff, who I don't think has done a match that isn't a squash match yet. Um, and I, I don't know. I just think well, you need to move past the squash match where it's like you do two big moves and then lock in your finisher and then that's it over with. And it's all about, oh, he's just messing with him. He's just stalking him. It's like that is what happens. We do that with every guy over six foot two. Mm. So let, let's just come up with something else. I The one thing I really like about the match, because I, I do agree with you, the one thing I really like about the match is that there is a lingering dry ice, just sort of uh, like skating over the top of the mat, and it gives it like a sort of wasteland-like mm. feel, like it's a little bit of cinematic, like he's just sort of standing there in this kind of desolate no-man's land. I really like that, that kind of like it, it, another little cinematic touch, which I think is great. Uh, other than that, yeah, I feel like in terms of introducing the character, they may have got the first two story beats back to front. And I think they probably just did that for logistics. Um, Tomato Champion, obviously, getting taken down feels like uh, the second step. Mm -hmm. This feels like the first step. Uh, you know, it turns up, you see him, entrance, he kills someone, and then he goes after bigger prey. Having gone after the biggest prey to then go after the tiniest the Minnow. tiniest of mice yeah <laughs> like i i get it um you know it is they are very much shackled and i felt that a lot i think we'll talk about it generally i felt a lot more of the constraints of no fans in this episode than i did last week i don't know mm. i'm not entirely sure why we'll explore it but uh considering that what they are dealing with i thought yeah it's it's as good a presentation of anyone i've seen uh possibly yeah ever in wrestling and yeah it just made me tinge with melancholy because obviously as soon as it happened i just said wow that would have been cool in front of a crowd huh 
It would have been calling for other crowd, but I think that's the, I, you know, but making the best of a bad situation, the kind of things that you can do really well that uh, you don't have to worry so much about. You, you can do these kind of more theatrical productions. You can do pre-taped matches that are cinematically filmed, and I think playing on those ideas is something that wrestling can really mess with now and explore because it's it's got more people kind of interest is down in wrestling in general uh and people are less bothered about the matches being good because i don't i think you kind of in a you can't win situation as the promoter anyway because a lot of people just aren't going to watch it or they're going to think it's bad because there's no fans there anyway so you might as well mess with all the other stuff and see what you can kind of pull out of the bag in that uh, in that regard and i think this entrance was throwing every single bell and whistle at an mm. entrance that you could possibly do beyond having somebody else play them in. Like, you know, like when there's a band doing it, I think that's when it reaches its peak. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Like, I was a little deflated by this episode. And I think that's just natural because of what this episode promised promised its top two titles were going to be on the line in two titanic matchups that actually had a fair amount of build uh but like you say nxt has found itself in this position where it's just like oh this isn't how anyone wants to see these matches so what do we do and that kind of takes us to the uh io charlotte match when this is what happens oh uh, yeah just immediately like couple of them like they do the whole oh we both do moonsaults and everyone misses their moonsault and then charlotte almost immediately i mean like there's there's a, there's a, like a few like three or four minutes of, of good stuff and you can tell that io's 
great springboard mm-hmm. drop kick and, and stuff like you can tell that the match when it eventually happens will be really good it's just yeah it was a bait and switch and that's gonna annoy a lot of people but i do get it i would rather mm. see io shirai versus charlotte flair in front of a crowd and you know yeah you want to honor the ladder match while still keeping uh, the fans on the hook you know exactly you, you exactly you want to do that and you want to keep uh shirai in in the in the mix but then you're bringing rhea ripley back into the mix as well yeah that was the uh... thing that i didn't really get and also Io Shirai, I mean, I get Io Shirai's, like, she's probably more of a tweener now, but slightly a heel. But it's like, hey, Rhea Ripley just saved you for having your leg broken. You seem annoyed about something, Io, and I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, because yeah, the match was already over at that point, so it's not like she interrupted and, and ruined the match, you know. It yeah. could, they could have, they could have, like, if, they, if that's something they wanted to build into, they could have cut that point finer. Like, they could have made the, the transition between Kendo Stick and Rhea coming out a lot closer and then you could have legitimately played up confusion over what's just happened uh yeah. eo being annoyed that she's been saved doesn't necessarily make sense and then i guess and then it just it just says to me that Rhea Rhea versus eo is the lengthener here we're good we're gonna get that to stretch out this feud they're gonna tease it being uh a triple threat probably they probably and will that, be the triple threat. and then then they'll split out into doing the two singles matches somewhere down the line with Charlotte and it is it's just a shame because I just think they yeah again like Rhea versus Charlotte at, at Mania was probably the best match of the weekend in like close to in my opinion um so yeah it's just we just know what we, we know what Charlotte's capable of and I know a lot of people don't like the idea of Charlotte going down to NXT and running through the best women's division and putting them all in their place because she's the queen but she's the queen for a reason and it's not just because she's a flair it is because she does get great matches out of people and i think her her and eo are are going to have a great match at some point and her and ria already have and i can't wait for part two um it's just a shame that this wasn't a clean finish i think because It's it a could, tricky it, first defense when, like, like a part of the whole project of Charlotte going to NXT is like, oh, cool, who's she going to fight? Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, oh, it's a DQ. Exactly. Ugh. It's. I, I get it. We know why it's happened. No, none of this is perfect. None of this mm-hmm. is ideal. So yeah, I, I think we're definitely more willing to cut NXT some slack with this stuff. But it's a little morsel of a good story in there as well, because there's that little, there's that, there's that idea that sh- cocky Charlotte goes down to NXT to go and face all these women that she thinks is the best women. Uh, on the WWE roster in general. Mm-hmm. And she finds that the competition is too stiff for her. She finds that actually, like, she's being taken to the limit in every single defense. And I think it's, you could tell that story coming out of this match, but it's too early to do that. I think, you know, she's only had that one match with Mia Yim, which Mia Yim had a really good showing in and really took Charlotte to the limit. And then here, EO was starting to build momentum and take Charlotte to places. And then Charlotte immediately goes for the kendo stick. I think we could have got there after another match, maybe. Mm. You know, or, yeah, I think if just as, if this match had been longer, like if this match had been mm. like 15 minutes and Charlotte tries everything and EO just keeps kicking out and like has a counter for everything, then yeah, I would buy more that Charlotte the desperation play. Because like, yeah, she's not she's not like a she's not a coward. She's not like the cowardly heel. She's incredibly full of herself, but in that Ric Flair way of, you know, I tend to back it up. I, I go the distance, you know, the 60 minute man and stuff. I'm proud. I think it's, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I would have bought that more if she was just like, okay, I can't put her away. I'm just, this, this is not worth my time anymore. Mm -hmm. It just, it felt like, yeah, she just came up and took the cheap win 
as quickly as she could. Yeah, and I think I think you and I think you could have and I, and what's I think what's good about that storyline and what how you could have played it out is because that plays into what fans think anyway. Like mm. fans think it's cheap to send Charlotte to NXT and have her just run through all the women. They think it devalues that division, and everyone is arguing that it can raise them up. And this is exactly how you do it by having cocky Charlotte grapple with the idea that she's not necessarily the number one woman in NXT, even though she's got the belt. Like, and I think that's, that is fascinating. Um, But I I don't think you can, you can eke out in a way that doesn't involve immediate kendo sticks. Yeah. The big, the big, obviously like the big Charlotte project feels like Charlotte goes down, lays waste to a lot of people. One person beats her and you use that to make the the next big person. Uh, It's just, yeah, it's, it's, a weird stumble in that story but you know uh i i enjoyed the match as it was happening i want to see them fight again so yep. i guess in just in purest uh wrestling uh terms uh job done i suppose yeah exactly I, I guess yeah it's just it's it's just another symptom of the time we're in i think is is more the disappointment where that comes from from me it's like i really like the match i would have been fine with that finish Two months ago, I think, as a, as a build, as part of the build to something, it's just that we've. I think we feel untethered from build now. Mm-hmm. So a- anything that takes you away from a conclusion, I'm kind yeah. of disliking at the moment because I just want to feel like wrestling is progressing in a in a sensible and logical format. Speaking of, hey, so let's talk about <laughs> Finn, shall we? And the uh, the who shot Jr. storyline. That we've now sort of uh, meandered into. Uh, mm. It's yeah, like like you say, NXT has so it's built up so much goodwill. Uh, like if you if, if half of these finishes happened on Raw, I'd be just like they don't know what they're doing. They're just scrambling for time, and they're literally just like cobbling. They're just stapling together a card as they go. Mm-hmm. Uh, NXT has always shown a lot more forethought than that. They are a lot more patient, and they do genuinely invest in long term storylines. Uh, which is why, yeah, I, they've earned, like, it's not favoritism. They've literally earned this patience, I think, from myself and other fans. Uh, but this one, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, the Finn Balor turning up to cut a promo about everyone wants, everyone goes after the guy to get the push. It's not going to be a push. It's going to be a squash. Ooh, mm, some, ooh. some insider terms there. Uh, Fergal um, and then he goes away and then Cameron Grimes comes out really short match on a night of short matches and then he oh it's Denzel promo. is it see you mate <laughs> and he cuts a promo then Finn just wanders into Shaw cuts a promo on him slap my face slap my face slap my slap my face slap my face and then he goes away then Finn cuts another promo it's like damn there's way more moving parts to this than it feels like there should be and this is when it's like oh that felt like filler yeah and it's and you know what it comes out yeah so it comes out of they wanted to take balor out of last two weeks ago with uh dream so they have him attacked in the locker room mm-hmm. um they then have balor come out and cut a promo saying that you attack the guy to get the push and uh when you get the push you get the lights the lasers the smoke so there's me thinking oh is that Karrion Cross? He's mm. just had lights, lasers, and smoke. The only thing that Bala hasn't listed is lip syncing. Uh, <laughs> so there's one clue still out there. But then that also, to me, like later on in the show, we then see Velveteen Dream come out with lights, lasers, and smoke. So <laughs> there's a bit of me that's also sitting there thinking, are we just going to go back to where we were originally? Like the match that we were supposed to have, which was just Velveteen Dream versus Finn Bala. We're we just going to loop round and end up there again. 
and we've just wasted three weeks of everyone's time. <laughs> well, like, yeah, I, I think, well, I think I've, we've possibly teased what's coming next for Dream, which is this giant scary mm -hmm. dad. Uh, so Dexter Loomis slithers. So we get to the main event uh, in, a, in a fairly, like, underwhelming's hard because it's like, um, I tell you what, I, who I did miss this week, and it makes you feel gross for missing him, Drake Maverick. Like, cause like it, it, like that is one of the few things that really feels like a tangible, weighty, emotional beat. And you know, it's because it's quite exploitative, but it does also provide like kind of that emotional anchor that a lot of it's missing. Like, you know, there's not a lot of emotional stuff in uh, Chelsea Green and Robert Stone potentially getting a new partner in Aaliyah. There's wow. not, uh, you know, Gargano is just starting the heel, you know, the heel run is starting. He's got new music. That's cool. Mm -hmm. But again, there's not, a huge amount going on here because he's not really feuding with anyone. Uh, Tazawa versus Gallagher. I mean, the most interesting thing about that match is that Gallagher's wearing leopard skin trunks with red boots, which is well, something. And then, yeah, like uh, Kushida Jake Atlas had a, an amazing spot, but all of these things felt quite weightless. Mm. So you get to the main event, and I think definitely the best match of the night because it actually felt like a full match as compared to pretty much everything on the show mm -hmm. uh undisputed era come out um dexter loomis slizzes out from under the ring in a beautifully timed and framed uh i mean that's gonna be a meme uh, yeah and then he throws roddy into the ref uh dream gets the visual pin uh but then uh last shot and he gets pinned uh, mm -hmm. So it looks like, yeah, uh, Dream versus Loomis, which is like a pretty cool, like mashup of insane characters. So do you think, do you think Dream versus Loomis or do you think Dream and Loomis are sort of, why, why is Loomis helping Dream? Because that's, you know, he slithers out to take out the Undisputed Era and yeah, he accidentally donks the ref, but I don't think Dream saw that. I mean, the dream when he when he pinned Adam Cole and he went ref. He looked in the only direction the ref wasn't uh, <laughs> the, the tiny bit of the corner of the ring that he was pinning him in, and was like ref. And it's oh, he's behind me, obviously in the rest of the ring. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I guess like I, I wonder. Yeah, they might do a sort of like yeah, you you messed up helping me, so we're gonna we're gonna turn this into a feud. But I, it's it, I feel like Loomis's interest is the undisputed era um and mate like because he came out for the tag match as well to watch that uh he interjected himself in the other tag match with well the handicap match to become a tag match in a really weird bit um so i feel like his kind of his presence has been felt around undisputed era more than it has been to do with dream and i don't know whether like maybe the dream is the extender to that to that feud um and like the filler sort of bit well velveteen dream is always kind of best when he's in like these kind of unconventional, um, weirdly uh, psychological, uh, vague, you know, pseudo-sexual. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 in those kind of storylines. And I think maybe, here, okay, here's, here's where I think they might be going with it. Um, I think possibly Dexter Loomis attacked Finn Balor in order to protect mm. Velveteen Dream, because I think there may be maybe he's like there may be like a little obsession angle with velveteen like they're two kind of very strange creatures who kind of like and like maybe loomis has kind of found something he recognizes 
and wants mm. to protect and cherish and dream and maybe it will get too yes. much too far and and then they'll break up and feud who knows but like uh, there seems to be no other reason why dexter loomis is around velveteen dream yeah. To build to the inevitable, it puts the lotion on its skin match, like down the line. Yes, <laughs> that's that's where they're going with this. They're going to red dragon this stuff. Well, um, what what more WWE feud could you ask for than taking two in, insane characters and putting them in an insane feud? I guess. Exactly. Yeah, I get. Like, I mean, I'm 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 here for it. I, I just, yeah, it's just now again we're back to sort of who's who's coming for Cole. When's that going to happen? Because I felt like this. I felt like last takeover felt like the moment to move Cole on. It felt like the moment to to take the belt off him and sort of who's the next guy. Um, and I, I get that we're sort of also in the unprecedented time of NXT actually being a weekly program that has history rather than just being a, a feeder program for mm. uh, Raw and SmackDown. So it's more about like, you as soon as you win the belt, really your days are numbered. And it's more about like, when are you going to drop it and when are you going to move up? So now like, you know, Cole might be in NXT forever. We don't know. I imagine they've got their eye on him from the main roster side of things because of his showings at Survivor Series, etc. Um, but yeah, I, I just feel like now again, dreams kind of that moment's passed, and we'll probably be on to the next thing. So are we going to are we going to build to a rematch with Cole and Dream at some point, or are we going to see Finn Balor get back into that picture for a bit as sort of like a filler? It's, I think, it's really hard, yeah. isn't it? Because it just it just feels like everything's sort of so up in the air. I think you've kind of, yeah, you've you've latched on, I think, why this episode, yeah, felt quite underwhelming is that there's clearly, and I, I guess, yeah, again, symptom of the fact that we don't know when the next takeover is going to be. I have no mm. idea. Um, it feels like there's lots of story elements at play, but none of them have a hook to bring you back for next week. Yeah, like exactly. none of None of them got developed in a way where you'd be like, I have to see more of this, which is why we're leading with the carry and cross thing. Cause that's the only thing I want to see more of. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I get it. Johnny Gargano has got a plan for NXT, but he's not made it tangible what he's going to do. Um, the cruiser weight, uh, thing is 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 fine like it, big it's dark good. cloud over the top of it that there is but yeah but, fine but also like i think the one thing they haven't addressed is what happens if two people people get two one in mm. in their bracket like i i i'm starting to disconnect from it slightly because i'm not entirely sure how the bracket works because two people have got two nil uh, some people have got one one what if two people get two one is that possible i don't know so um for example because i mean maverick has to fight kushida right yeah and if he and if he beats kushida then kushida's 2-1 and he's 2-1 yeah so what happens who's the leader who's the winner of the bracket well maverick is out <laughs> let go. me tell you maverick is out uh um, sadly yeah and just like every, every other aspect of this program didn't have an obvious oh this is what i'm tuning in for next week with the possible exception of io uh, but uh, I keep calling it I of EO versus uh, Rhea. Um, mm. And I guess they've announced the, the tag team championship match, which I'm sure will be great. Yeah. But it, it, I, yeah, again, I, I think it feels like it's all, you know, it's uh, we're schmozzing the entire program at the moment because it's just, we're just going to chuck in elements at the end of matches to put in things for next week that we can film. Uh, and that's that's kind of what it feels like. It's not like it's like here's a long thought out plan. We're not getting these clever confrontations that we had before. Like you know, I think one of the best segments of NXT that I've ever seen is Ricochet flipping the ropes and walking up to Velveteen Dream and just saying, 
I'm right here. Like, you know, that is one of the coolest things I think I've ever watched. And we're not getting anything that thought out. Like that's how NXT TV used to exist in that, in that realm in which just seeing two guys stand in front of each other was amazing and would get holy S word chance and all that kind of stuff. And, and now we're in this world where we're being promised uh, matches for the titles and we're not getting the spill out of that of like, I need to watch this again. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's still like, you know, and that's the problem. It's still got a really good TV show. It's still really good wrestling. Like there's a lot in there to like. It's just untethered from the normal uh, cadence of how NXT snowballs into a takeover and into a title change. And so it just feels like momentum is never quite building in the way they want it to. Mm. Uh, the um, I'm, I'm reminded of like, because I, I read uh, ages ago, uh, Alan Moore uh, wrote a, a book about how he writes comics. Mm-hmm. And he said, you can never underestimate how much like effort it is to keep your reader's attention in the act of turning the page. Like uh, it never takes your audience's attention for granted, which is mm-hmm. why he wrote uh, Watchmen, especially uh, pretty much every page transitioned visually uh, and thematically to the next one. Like he would have a, a snippet of dialogue from the next scene on the previous page to give you an idea of where we're going to keep you in always. No, never turn away, never turn away. That's why page turners are mm-hmm. so uh, you know popular because they just keep you on the hook. Uh, there's always that little dagger uh, that kind of, no, you can't leave, not yet, because there's this thing. Mm. NXT's been lacking that, which it used to have. And I think generally that is due in some part, obviously, to the crowd. Because, yeah, I, I, oh, God, I would have loved to have seen the crowd react to kill, uh, Karrion Cross. Mm. Uh, but also, yeah, they just don't have a production schedule. It really feels like they don't. They don't have like, okay, week one, week two, week three, week four takeover week one week two week three week four takeover what are the story beats what do we do to get people back they don't it just doesn't it feels like you say untethered yeah what are we building to anything yeah exactly and you know there's a lot i think there was a lot to like in this episode i liked the i liked adam cole versus dream i liked io shirai versus charlotte before the finish uh i even liked uh finn balor wandering out behind cameron grimes uh, I like Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae sharing music and Johnny having the all heart, no soul logo. Like, I think that's an interesting kind of thing for his character. I'm, I'm keen to see where it goes. But yeah, I could also skip next week <laughs> and still probably pick it up at some point because I just feel like, yeah, I think a lot of people are after a recap rather than an in-depth uh full two hours show about it. You know, I, I'd rather just sort of watch the clips on YouTube until we get back to normal. Also, just want to say, like, this is a very picky point, but I guess we're being picky this week uh, because NXT has deserved uh, such finer criticisms. Uh, two moments, this one and this one, they're DQs and the referee didn't DQ. And I don't know what, it's just literally two matches happening back to back. Uh, not too much back to back, but like within the first like half an hour, like 40 minutes of NXT, two matches where people come, where people approach literally lay hands on another competitor and are not escorted, either told to leave by the ref or there's a disqualification. Very small point. But when there's no fans, literally all you can do is watch the ring. And then, yeah, just like, so Candice yeah. like hangs on to Johnny. Uh, and then the ref says, all right, Candice, I've got my eye on you. 
And it's like, yeah, you just saw her getting physically involved in the match. Uh, Send her away. Uh, I don't know why that annoyed me. I think it's because they did it twice with um, Aaliyah turning up and literally grabbing one of the competitors. That's a DQ. Uh, it, that's definitely a DQ. I guess the argument to be made in the Johnny case is that's his wife. So they're just like, well, it's his wife. She's not allowed to just, you know, pull him out of the ring. Hey, uh, wrestling marriages are different to normal marriages. That's true. I don't know. It, again, I think it's the reason why I'm bringing it up because, yeah, it feels like it, it feels like NXT is stuttering a little mm -hmm. bit, like it's buffering and it's not it's not the NXT that we're used to. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure how, like you say, symptoms of the time. So I'm not actually sure, like, is, is it even worth nitpicking? But I just think it's interesting that like NXT, yeah, has been able to get by on two men standing face to face. And that's mm -hmm. it. You know, like the mystique, the vibe, the knowledge that, okay, I know NXT is good. I know they're going to do right by us. So all you have to do is put two people we like in the same room, instant uh, moment, anticipation. And yeah. maybe that confidence is waning. Maybe. Well, yeah, I guess and that's the thing is I'm kind of watching matches now thinking, well, how are they going to, how are they going to sort of fudge their way out of this one? You know, that's kind of what I was watching the Dream Cole thing being like, this isn't going to be a clean finish. I was watching EO and Charlotte thinking, well, either Charlotte's going to win or this isn't going to be a clean finish. And I'm kind of, my my opinion on NXT is slowly turning over the course of having things like Dexter Loomis tag himself into a match. He's not in to being like, what weird thing are they going to do now? So they mm. don't have to make, so they don't have to make a decision uh, that actually impacts what the watching experience is like. So, you know, putting the belt, I think just putting the belt on dream now would have built interest in the program, but obviously like dream is uh, embroiled in some controversy. And that's not a good choice. But, uh, you know, before time, like that would have been a good, that probably would have been a good choice. Uh, uh, pick a character that's very over, do something with them and gain people's interest. Like having, I'm not saying having Keith Lee drop the North American title would be a good choice, but like having something that keeps people coming back, feeling like things are progressing um, rather than in a holding pattern would be a good way of doing that. So how did you think uh, No Rolls Bard's one shot went? The I really liked Cyber Battle Wars. Cyber Battle Wars. I, yeah, I, I thought it was very different. Uh, there are elements of the recording which I don't like, uh, just in terms of how it plays out. But I thought it was definitely better than I expected. I, I was super worried uh, going into it that it wasn't going to work. There'd be way too much crosstalk. The internet would play silly buggers with us. Uh, it would be a nightmare to edit. Uh, it ended up like, and the reaction to it's been genuinely really lovely. Um, the stuff I, I don't like, stuff I do like, uh, and stuff for the future, which I'm excited I guess just to kind of front load it with the stuff I didn't like don't like us not being in the same room and I know that sounds super basic but it's stuff like you know when when you are over like a stream yard or a uh, any kind of kind of conference call zoom or whatever um, if you talk at the same time as someone else it causes a massive static feedback you know the line drops out which means that for no rolls barred we were prepared for that obviously 
but it very it meant that most of the time it's people sitting patiently waiting for their turn and then when someone has definitely stopped talking maybe you can jump in and it's one of the things i love most about uh Neryl's Bard season one is just people having little comments, you know, people describing their entrance and then someone saying a little thing and then people would like bounce off each other. It felt a lot less, a lot less riffy, a lot less bouncy. But, you know, in a, in a way that kind of contributed to a certain neatness, like people weren't kind of talking uh, over each other because they knew that they couldn't. Um, so, yeah, like, I, how did you think? Uh, yeah, I thought I thought that same. I think that same thing is uh, an issue with these things in general. Is that you, nobody can talk at the same time, uh, and that does make things like chanting CBW even Ooh, difficult. Yeah, uh, can't do that. Uh, you can't. Yeah, there's, you, it's kind of difficult to chuck in jokes uh, because you have to wait for the moment to do it. So you sort of have to then think of the packaging of the joke as well, which is kind of not really what I do. I just listen to people and then just say a couple of words that I think might get a laugh and don't think of like, <laughs> what's going to be the feed line if they've already done the feed line five minutes earlier and I have to call back to it? Like, it doesn't yeah. work that way. Um, so yeah, I, I, that was an issue, but I really liked the the rest of it. I think the, I, I think the world that Tom had created was uh, very vivid and imaginative. I think everyone's sci-fi characters were, and robots were interesting. I loved Lolo's blatant alien rip <laughs> uh, they're just calling it the very fall. yellow and very, very yellow. yellow oh bloody yellow it was um Luke's russian accent was a particular highlight um the puns i actually no i think my favorite my favorite was ollie uh at rick thunder and danger zone i just think i never quite expected tom doing a bunch of beeps and boops to be so emotional <laughs> uh yeah i thought ollie absolutely smashed it luke smashed it every like everyone's character had like an interesting thing that they were they were doing and then i was just posh wanker because that was felt like the easiest thing for me um it, yeah it was uh the the world building that tom did like very much kind of like overcompensating for the lack of uh being able to do season two by creating a whole a whole new world a new fantastic point of view uh, mm -hmm. and very excited for our next setting which has been decided upon by our wonderful patrons uh, and uh, yes they voted at patreon.com forward slash no um where the episode of course will be airing first for early access uh it's gonna be a cowboy one i can't wait i love cowboys it's gonna be really fun yeah i'm interested i was i was i was going for um i was uh yeah gunning for Victorian England, only because I thought of uh, uh, an orphan character who's finished the Oliver Twist of Fate, but that's about it. Uh, and so I'm going to have to come up with something for Cowboys now that hopefully repurpose that pun because I can't be able to think of more than one pun. I mean, are there any cowboy puns out there? Oh, I don't know. I'm no. sure there must be cowboy puns. I'm sure, uh, yeah, and I, I'm interested to sort of dive into trying to work out like what's not your what's not your basic cowboy character because that's the one thing you could get into with cowboys as, as an overall theme is that we're all just cowboys and we're all just john wayne uh ripoffs so i'm hoping that we can all find something a little wrinkle for the character that adds something to it 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is you set yourself a high bar with the Im immortal, unkillable, <laughs> tragic Hulk Hogan machine man, but also English monster. Like, mm. yeah, that was a high concept. So you're going to have to try. That was the first thing that came to my head. <laughs> like, Laurie, how can I deconstruct a Western? Yeah. Um, well, no, I just mean like what, what's what's not what's not just a, a gunslinger because someone will do a gunslinger and they'll do it brilliantly but you, you we don't need three gunslingers we need unless, to, we, yeah unless um, the, you could work out something with that who knows like i i genuinely yeah i can't wait i've i've got an idea for a character um and yeah i, I i'm going to talk to tom very soon about it mm. and hopefully yeah he's uh, apparently he's buying source books so he is again obviously going to pour his heart and his soul into this fictional world so yeah i can't wait and if you haven't uh, already seen our our first uh, one shot which we we're doing basically extending obviously the life of neuros bard in lockdown uh please do uh, head on over to parts fun known and check out yeah the neural bard one shot cyber battle wars which is neuros bard in the future Ooh. Well, and also that's all we've got time for on this edition of the Wrestle Talk podcast. So come back tomorrow for the uh, Friday Magazine show, which is going to have you and Luke hosting it, Adam. Me. And then on Saturday, we'll have SmackDown with uh, Luke and Andy, I believe. And then we've got Money in the Bank. And me and Luke will be doing the review of that on Monday following the show, which should be exciting because a lot of it is taking place on the roof. Magic. Oh. Uh, yeah. And of course, yeah, if you want to know who we think, it, what is going to happen at that pay-per-view, do check out our, obviously, our prediction videos, wonderfully edited by El Fecador Laurie Blake. Uh, what what can you say? I just uh, I just type things that I think when I edit them, uh, <laughs> as I, as I slowly get annoyed at having to look at everyone goofing around. Uh, I just type jokes in. So hey, there well, we go. It, help, it helps when there's only three of us, right? Oh my god, the wrestle to, uh, the WrestleMania one absolutely killed me. Like everyone's everyone's footage was crashing my computer. I didn't watch the thing properly because it could only play ten seconds at a time. Oh my god! Uh, so yeah, that was. It was a miracle that came out as well as it did. Uh, but the Money in the Bank ones, I have to say, are much better. So go over to Wrestle Talk on YouTube and watch that. And we'll see you later. Goodbye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.